Welcome back in. Chris and Cowboy with you in the 5 o'clock hour. It is the Zarda Barbecue Roundtable. Zarda Barbecue, two convenient locations in Blue Springs, Missouri and Lenexa, Kansas to serve you Zarda's famous barbecue. It's become a Kansas City tradition, whether it's for tonight's dinner, an office picnic, a big family gathering, or an important business meeting. Zarda Barbecue, a Kansas City tradition. And joining us... In studio here for the roundtable this week, two-time Super Bowl champ and former Chiefs defensive back Mark Collins. Mark, what's going on, buddy? Oh, nothing much. How you doing? Doing good. And uh, a guy who's not quite as accomplished in his professional football <laughs> career, Paul Marshall, Neanderthal from 98.9 The Rock. What's up, Paul? You know what? Riding the pine in Division Three Framingham State College is a football college career. What have you done? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just saying. What and, have you done? And it's a fine academic institution. Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually... University <laughs> learning in a college environment. Is what call it. And not, That's always a good sign. Not to mention Paul is in here in his Raiders yeah. throwback number 63. Now, what's the significance of 63 again? Well, there's a couple of different things. Uh, first, uh, six is the, the sixth letter. The F is the sixth letter of the alphabet. Nice. And C is the third letter of the alphabet. Mm. F, C. Okay. Week. Plus, it's the year Al Davis took over the glorious Oakland Raiders. And uh, it also happened to be Gene Upshaw's number and my number. Well, just all kinds of significance. Yeah, see, I I am not superstitious in any way. (laughs) (laughs) And he threw the Pepsi cap all the way across. It's on. It's Raiders week, right? It is Raiders week. I feel uh, like you're in Oakland, so I'm throwing stuff at you. There you go. There you go. Hey, when we start this... You played here in Kansas City, Mark. Yeah. Raiders yeah. week. What did it mean when you were around here? Because I think it, it meant something more to Marty than what it has seemed to mean to maybe to Dick Vermeil, to Herm Edwards, and now we'll see about Todd Haley. Yeah, M- Marty brought the attitude uh, Raiders week to, to the Chiefs. He he had a total anger and hatred towards the Raiders. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's because Marty played in, in Buffalo and coached. Um, in Cleveland and stayed in the AFC, he knew about the Raider mystique and he just wanted to, to knock it down every chance he got. So that was a, a hatred that he had and instilled that in the players who worked for him. And uh, i got to be honest with you, it worked. What do, about you, you, it, it do you think it still works? I mean, because things have changed yeah, yeah. now, but do you think it still works with the players today? I don't know. I, I don't think so because, you know, the, the Raiders got a new uh, coaching staff there, Tom Cable, and, and now the Chiefs have a new coaching staff and Todd Haley. They gotta build that back up. I, I think you gotta, they gotta start it over again. I don't think it's the same. I really don't. Plus, don't the Raiders kind of have to be good? I mean, you well, you so want the Chiefs? Well, yeah, well, no, you're right. No, but I'm saying for teams to still hate the Raiders, the Raiders were really good back in the day, well, and no. they they had won you know they had won Super Bowls, and they yeah. were perennially a playoff team, and so it was easier to hate them than it is right now because you're probably just kind of like ah, they're just the Raiders. Well, the villain makes the story interesting though. You got to have a villain. Like the NFL as a whole. There are certain teams that when they're good, the NFL is good. When the Steelers are good, the NFL is good. When the Raiders are good, the NFL is good. When the Cowboys are good, nobody is sitting there going, wow, man, the Seahawks, man. I'm, I, nobody has mm. Seahawks week. So there's something that mystique does carry over. And, and, and just to put a, a point on what Mark was saying, yeah, it hasn't been what it was before because in order for it to be a rivalry, there has to be some sort of personal hatred, some personal undoing. Like for the Raiders, they hated the Broncos because of Shanahan mm-hmm. and the whole Al Davis thing. And I think as a Raider fan – we don't care about Kansas City anymore as far as a rival goes because Marcus isn't here anymore. And I think that's when, you know, for my generation, we hated the Chiefs because Marcus came here. We didn't hate the Chiefs because there was Chiefs. We, yeah. we hated it because there has to be something personal there. There has to be, you know, to make that to make it passionate. And there's no passion right now because neither team has really been relevant in a long time. I think the Raiders still have the villain, though, because Al Davis. people Because they've well, still sure. got the same guy in charge that's been in charge the whole time. And so Al Davis, even though he's old and senile at this point, he's still kind of the villain. Yeah, but, but he's a villain, but he's not really 
the villain he was 10, 10 15 he's years ago. He's kind of ago. a cartoon character yeah, now. He's, uh, he's no. the emperor from Star Wars. You're not really rooting for him. You're rooting for Darth Vader. You're not really rooting for the emperor. He's not the same. He's not the same. And you remember years ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago, the, one of the Raiders uh, saying was the winningest team on Monday Night Football. You don't hear that stuff anymore, do right. you? Not recently. That, no. That whole Raider mystique, uh, them being the, the villain and the bad guy, I don't think a lot of teams fear the Raiders anymore. And Same thing with Arrowhead, though. Yeah. People don't fear yeah, coming right. into Arrowhead anymore. No, not anymore. Because I remember when I was with the Giants, of course, we were good back then. We came to Arrowhead. They weren't, the Chiefs were not that great of a team. Yeah. But as I came to Kansas City and knowing some guys on other teams, they hated coming to Arrowhead. I mean, they smell that barbecue and the fans are getting on them, never throwing things at them, but they just hated coming here. Now it's like a luxury uh, retreat come to Kansas City because there's no the team isn't that great anymore and the fans are kind of going away from the the team. So how much is that is Marty though? How much of that was Marty? Because you got to figure you know like look the Steelers for a while you know when Chuck Noll uh, uh, Chuck Noll got sort of bored and and toward the end of his career. The Steelers weren't all that tough. They weren't all that great. People didn't care. Then they brought Cower in here, and he's got some passion. Yeah. And I think the fans really find the coach as being sort of the face of the franchise. Obviously, when the Raiders got good a while, uh, while back, John Gruden was the guy. Like, you got to wonder how much of that was, was Marty. Because Marty was a tough guy. Marty yeah. was a passionate guy. He didn't mm -hmm. take any crap. And I think that the fans fed off of that. And here in Kansas City for the past couple of years, especially, you know, it's tough to get behind Herm Edwards. He was a nice guy. And I think football's not a nice sport. It's a violent sport. People got behind Parcells. People get behind Tom Coughlin. And, he's, and Mike Tomlin's quietly doing it. Jack Del Rio. Mm -hmm. Those guys that bring some passion to the sideline. Dispassionate coaches or non-passionate coaches lead to non-passionate fan bases. You don't hear the Miami Dolphins when Shula was there. The Miami Dolphin fans were not considered passionate. They were psyched to be in Miami because they were winning. But you never heard anybody go, oh, we got to go down to Miami and play in that hostile environment. <laughs> it never happened. Marty. So a lot of that, I think, has got to do with Marty. I think oh, Marty yeah. brought a lot of toughness to this team. Nobody's afraid of the Kansas City Chiefs. They're still sort of afraid of the Oakland Raiders for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. Because of the fans. No, because yeah. of the fans. Yeah. No, maybe, the fans. Maybe. We they think, think they're going to get beer bottles. Oh, man, we, we, we'll take a bus when I was with the Chiefs. We'll take a bus into uh, Oakland, Alameda. Alameda. And they're throwing golf balls at us, man. It, was, it was worse golf than LA, balls. You no, know it was worse no, no, than LA. No, LA was nothing. No, I'm telling you right now, uh, the Coliseum is right in Compton. It's right smack dab in the middle of Compton. Yeah. So it's a tough area, but when, you, when I was with the Giants, they didn't like New York fans had no problem with Raider fans. Because the Raider fans thought, well, New York fans are just as dumb as we are. They'll <laughs> kick our butts, too. So no problems, but yeah, there's a mutual respect. Yeah. There's a tough team. Like like Raider fans hate the Steelers because of the the, the the decade of the 70s, but they respect Steeler fans. Exactly, exactly. You know what I mean? There's a certain there's a certain code of honor amongst football fans. <laughs> Believe it or not, there is code of honor fans. amongst Raiders fans. You know what? Oh. Your stereotyping is amazing, and I'm going to bring it up. Again. Oh, here we go. Here Two we years go. ago, I have been to football stadiums in New England, New Orleans, Cleveland. Uh, San Francisco, Oakland, I was a season ticket holder. The only place any vandalism was done to my car was Arrowhead Stadium. Only place. I've gone with Raider stickers on my windshield in several different NFL cities. The only place somebody was classless enough to do damage to my vehicle was in, in Kansas City well, here at do. Arrowhead. They bent uh, her license plate. They bent her license plate all in, folded it all in. Well, that kind of, kind of serves you right for having Raider stuff. In, no, you in know what? It's just football. I'm just when messing. You take, no, when you take it beyond that, we talk about the, fans. When you throw batteries, yeah. when you throw things at things, that's classless. So what it's about classless across the board. The, the guy's throwing stuff at Darren Sproles when he scores the touchdown that's not, on Monday night. I mean, there's you see beer bottles. You see three things come at the little guy when he runs in the end zone. you see that in every stadium well, in, in the but NFL But you, you see it more. You see that more in Oakland and in Philadelphia. 
That's where you see that. Crap. And New Orleans a couple of years ago. Remember New Orleans? That entire end zone erupted with stuff being thrown out. Yeah, but historically, Oakland and Philadelphia, to me, have the worst fans. As a player, did the fans actually intimidate you at all? Did, did you ever have in the back of your mind like, oh, if I make a big play, something might come out of the stands? Well, or did it, it, was it just like sometimes plays would happen and it would it, you didn't really think about it? That ne- much? Never, never. I made a couple of big plays against the Raiders uh, in Oakland and in L.A. Never thought about that. Payback is coming right now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you I can handle. <laughs> but, but, but the deal is this. Whenever we played the Raiders, or Philadelphia, the toughest part about th- about playing those teams is getting past the fans. Because when you take the bus and you or walk from that locker room and you don't know, you know, sometimes batteries are coming at you and then golf balls, I, that is so classless for fans to do that. It, it takes away from the game itself. Absolutely. You have to worry about not only your opponent who you got to compete against legally on the field with refs and stuff, you got to worry about some idiot who's getting tank- tankered up Throwing some at you, that's one of the reasons I don't like. I love, I like the Oakland Raiders as a team. I do. I respect every NFL team. I just hate the Raider fan because it brings a different attitude. Same with the Philadelphia fans. And, and I think I don't know. I'll tell you that there's organized organized fans in Oakland. The Black Hole has its own organization. There's another fan organization called the South Shield. There's a bunch of those organizations that have been working over the years to clean that up. Mm. The guys in the Black Hole, those season tickets are expensive. There are also, it's like a Vegas casino in Oakland Coliseum. There are cameras on that hole. They know exactly where that's coming from. A lot of that stuff, a lot of the, the batteries and a lot of the bottles and a lot of the crap that comes is not the real fan. Doesn't it's come some, from those super fans yeah, in the end some, zones that are all dressed up like, you yeah, know, Darth Raider. bought his tickets off of eBay or got them from somebody else who shows up in a Raiders jersey and thinks they have to play tough guy. That's when you have the mystique of being such a passionate, such a visible fan base, you have to work to tr- sort of police yourself. And that is happening. Unfortunately, one guy in a Raiders jersey throws a battery. Every Raider fan gets yeah. one guy in a Kansas City, jer- Kansas City Chiefs jersey bends my wife's license plate number. Nobody yeah. cares. Yeah. Nobody hears it. So when you when you have a responsibility, when you are a fan like a Raider fan or an Eagle fan or you know a Packer fan or a Bills fan, you have a responsibility to sort of police your own and try to make sure, try and re, uh, you know, redefine what it is to be a fan because anybody that does any sort of thing outside of rooting for your team for four quarters. It's just disrespectful and it's horrible to the game, and it really does tarnish what's going on on the field. Mark, you played Giants, Cowboys, you played Chiefs, Raiders. I mean, you've been part of some big rivalries. Where do you put the Chiefs, Raiders, and the rivalries you've played? Well, I would say, uh, gosh, my my eight years in New York, we had some real. I mean, the Redskins was always yeah. tough. Uh, Eagles, Cowboys. Well, that whole division, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's always it's what? Like, not Giants, Cardinals wasn't big. <laughs> Giants, St. Louis Cardinals, or Giants? That's how old I am. Huh? Wow. <laughs> Remember those St. Louis? Days? Neil Lomax drops back to pass. Yeah, yeah. OJ Anderson. But anyway, you know, when I came here, Parcells didn't have the same passion to go. This is Redskins week. This is Cowboy week. We knew the the severity and the 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 how the game is to be played against those teams. When I came to Kansas City, and when we, we'll play, let's say we'll play the Seahawks. Okay, Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, whoopee. But when we played the Oakland Raiders, Marty turned into super coach. Really? Um, he was oh, that much oh, different? Man, man, let me tell you something. And he would cry, and we would tear up, and we would go through, we'll do things, we would go over every inch of the playbook to make sure we didn't make mistakes. It's Raider week. We stra- I coach my son's football team, 
And there's a team called the Raiders, obviously. So <laughs> of got, course there is. Yeah, the Raider Week. That's what we. Uh, that's the passion that he instilled in his in his players when we were here, when I was here, and it worked. It really worked. And he would tell us, you know, we're gonna somewhere down the line, we're gonna make a big play. And it happened. James Hasty made a big play. I made a big play. It just happened. It just happened. It just happened because he instilled that week that that'll happen. Even to the it's even to the point. He goes, I don't care if we go 0 and 14. We're, we're going to win two games. We're going to be 2 and, 2 and 14. Those two games are going to be against the Raiders. It's kind of, I guess when I hear that, it's just because Marty seemed so intense. He seemed like every game would have been so important. It just seems strange to me to hear that he would put so much more oh, emphasis yeah. on on one particular team because he just kind of seems like the guy that every game is a battle, man. <laughs> you know, every road. time it's a war. What's great yeah. about that is being a fan of that team. Like when you're a fan of your football team and every other team in the league gets up for your team coming into town, there's a sense of pride that comes with that. You know, Al Davis likes to use the pride and poise thing. There's a sense of that. Raider fans, real Raider fans, not the punks that go out and cause trouble, Raider fans are so proud of their football team that other teams are up for them. And they try to be as knowledgeable as they can about other teams so that they can prove that they're not just punks wearing silver and black jerseys. Paul, but the reason they're up for them is because they're cheap shot artists and they were always going <laughs> after guys and spearing Bobby Bell. And the, I mean, like, not you know, always. This is you know, that happens happen. everywhere, though. But the Raiders seem to be no, the team that, that you, was, Yeah, you, that Of course they embraced it. Yeah. Like, do, you not think the reputation, yeah, do you not think the reputation's earned? I mean, it's of, not like you just cheap shot artists. Just about being dirty and about being just. I, th- there's a reason they have the rep that they have. It's not why just Jack- because people chose one team and everybody universally was going to go after this one team. Why is Jack Tatum any more a uh, 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 cheap shot artist than Chuck Cecil? Because he played for the Raiders. Exactly. And that's but that's shtick. it. But that's, but that's a stereotype that you guys jump on it. And don't get me wrong. We want to be known as a fan. You want to be known as a fan of one of the toughest. You know, most physical football teams in, in, in the NFL. And the Giants fan will say the same thing. The Giants have had some guys that have taken some shots well, here and there. Well, wait a minute, but, <laughs> but, but you want to be respected as doing it, doing it in the, the, the respect of the game. Yeah. Not as a. No, no, Jack Tatum shot. Well, I don't think it was a cheap shot. No, I it was a legal hit. It was legal. But. When you start doing stuff like kicking players after the after the whistle, Albert Hainsworth. grabbing people's face masks, fighting and all this other crap, well, that's not cool. No, I agree with that. No, that's bad. That's bad for football. Now, as I was, I've been very blessed to play for, for three well-respected teams: New York, Kansas City, and the Green Bay Packers. And when you t- go when you go into cities where people get up to see you and play against you, and the fans get all behind it. It does mean something. Sure it does. It means you have arrived. You're with an organization that people respect. Now, when I was with the Seahawks, it wasn't that good. No, no, it wasn't. wasn't It just wasn't that good. But you want to be respected as a hard-nosed team, and the fans appreciate that. Did you think of the Raiders as a dirty team, as a cheap-shot team, or did you respect them as doing it the right way when you played? I I thought they've always been cheap-shot team. They've always been cheap-shot. Even when I was in New York, that was their moniker. And Al Davis had a history back in the, the 70s and 80s especially the 80s, of going going after players who had trouble past. Well, Lyle Alzado is a great example he, he, of that. That's yeah. what he wanted, and he got it. And they won championships with those teams, so they had no rules. So it was up but to But then they also got great players like Mike Haynes, who wasn't a cheap shot artist, but he played physically. Yeah, and they had, they, they had Lester Hayes, but the core group of the guys were... Dirty players. I would say Alzado was probably <laughs> dirty. Matuzak was dirty. Hendricks, Ted Hendricks was dirty. Yeah, Ted Hendricks was pretty dirty. And keep going. Keep, there's a lot of them. And that's okay. No, no, no. But with that comes, 
you know, well, that's the, the unfortunate. Exactly. That's, the un- that's the unfortunate part. Is yeah, you have that, but then to try and overcome that and still remain a physical dominant football team, I think they tried to do that with Gruden. I think they tried to come back and reimagine that football team, and I think they're trying to do it now with Cable and try and bring it back to a sort of a more physical football team. And we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, the fan is the biggest problem and, with that football team. And, right and also, when you're the bully of the league for X amount of years, eventually the whole league grows up because you're bigger than everybody. Sure. The whole league grows up. No longer the Raiders are no longer the, the bullies of the league anymore. So now, I would say this, and I'll say it now, they're like the punks of the league. No, absolutely. Like, no respect. So you go to Oakland and beat them down, and ah, they, that's the Raiders? They're squat. You so, can say that now, but what have we been talking about for the past five days? It's Raider week. You're still up for it. You're still well, up yeah, for it. Yeah. But you can call them punks all you want, but they're it. still up but for it. But if the Raiders go to New York against the Giants sure. or, you know, the Chargers, yeah, that's a, a big, that's a huge rivalry too. But in New York or Green Bay, they're just – Yep. The Raiders. Just another team. <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break here. We're with uh, former Chief Mark Collins and Raider fan extraordinaire Paul Marshall <laughs> from 98.9 The Rock. It's the Zarda Barbecue Roundtable. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll take a look at this game, this matchup, and uh, whether or not Jamarcus Russell actually is the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. We'll be back with you guys in a couple minutes. It's the Zarda Barbecue Roundtable on 610 Sports Radio. 